Blog Talk Radio. Tonight, 
out here on Reaching Out Radio, we're going to be sharing something special about the future. You see, this is going to be a year of completion, if you didn't know that. And we pray that these tips that we share tonight will give you encouragement with meeting your challenges and your purpose in your journey. And remember, regardless of your age or your position or station in life, I want you to know that God has a plan for you, and he has a purpose for you. And if you'd like to have a friend listen in on this evening, please give him a call and tell him to dial in at 626-696-8607 to listen. That number again is area code 626-696-8607. They can call in and listen. So greetings from the scenic Columbus, Texas, where the town is located on the beautiful Colorado River. You see, Columbus is one of the oldest surveyed and plotted Anglo-American towns in Texas. And they say it's on this side of the legendary Indian village of Montezuma. Now, historians say that members of Stephen F. Austin's Old 300 began arriving out here in the area way back in 1821. So with that, good evening, Sister and Evangelist Montel Fields, and I'm Brian Fout. Again, this evening, I'm honored and excited to be back here on Reaching Out Radio, where we are reaching out to be the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ. And for those of you in the listening area, we are with Zach Ministries. And our ministry was started with the vision to bring a message of hope, healing, and encouragement to those who are hurting, lost, or hopeless. Now, for those of you who do not know, the word hazak is a Hebrew word, and it means to make or to be strong. It means to strengthen. It means to sustain or to support, and it means to encourage. So our hope is that you and our, our listeners tonight will be encouraged with our message this evening. Now, if you've missed some of our previous radio programs, you can always go to Reaching Out Radio at www.blogtalkradio. That's www.blogtalkradio. And just type in Brian and Leah Fouts. And there you can find all of our previous shows, and you can listen to them free on demand. Now, before we start this evening... Let's open up the program with a word of prayer. Father, we pray for the protection of Montel and her family and for Reaching Out Radio. And Father, we pray against any technical difficulties that might arise. We speak against any demonic powers in the airwaves. And we would like to pray for those in the listening audience uh, as well. And Father, we pray for tonight, we pray for open hearts and changed lives this evening. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. So this evening, we're going to be talking about several items. Several items. And the first one is here, we're going to talk about, it's called a year of completion and fulfillment. And then we're going to talk about a time to press on. And then we're going to talk about that life is fragile and to never give up, and to never surrender. So this month, we celebrated the first anniversary of my bride, Leah, in heaven. And as she used to always say when she was on the program, she'd say, So, Brian, what are we sharing with our listeners today? 
So first, I want to share a word about completion and fulfillment. You know, I was dreaming the other night, and then suddenly I was stirred in my sleep. I was thinking about being encouraged and what it really means, and then wham! Now, usually at this point, Leah would say, so what happened? Did you fall out of bed? And I'd say, no, I didn't fall out of bed. But a couple of words did pop into my head and my dream. And those words were completion and fulfillment. So think about this. What do these words mean, and why are they important? Well, first, the word fulfillment means to put into effect and to convert into reality. That's pretty cool, don't you think? Now, Webster's Dictionary defines this word completion is the act of making whole, the finish or the conclusion and the fulfillment of something. And now that word fulfillment in Hebrew is the word malah, which means to be full of, to accomplish, to confirm, and to consecrate. It means to furnish, it means to gather together, to presume, and to replenish. Now, I just love that part where it says to accomplish, confirm, and to consecrate. That is pretty awesome. So to think about that the Lord will give us a vision to fulfill his will and to give us the resources to accomplish that vision and that it will be confirmed and consecrated by him, now that rocks. So what does this mean? It is that God has a plan for our lives and that we all that we have to do is to reach out and to ask him, hey, what plans do you have for me? So here's a great verse to share with you, and this is from Proverbs 16.3 in the New International Version. It says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. You know, I just love that passage. Commit to the Lord, and he will establish your plans. Now, does this mean that all that I have to do is to ask God for help, and he will show me what I'm supposed to do? Yep. It's pretty that simple, and it is so easy. But for some, believe it or not, it's really too hard and it's really difficult. You see, when the children of Israel were sent into captivity, the Lord revealed a future and a hope for his people when he revealed it to the prophet Jeremiah. Now, Jeremiah wrote in 29.11, he wrote, he said, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, and to give you a future and a hope. And we want you to know that this hope applies to each of us. Yes, it applies to all of us. Now in his book, There is Power and Praise, Merlin R. Carruthers shares this really great line about hope. He said, If the joy of the Lord is our strength, then it is obviously not something that comes last in a long line of attainments, sort of like the whipped topping on the cake. It is something that we need from the start, something to sustain us and to strengthen us in our task of caring for the good news around the world. So where does this hope lie? Well, over in Psalm 20, verse 5, it says that we will rejoice in your salvation. And in the name of our God, and we will set up our banners. 
So may the Lord fulfill all of your petitions. Now, for some of you, your hopes and dreams and your desires may have already been fulfilled. If they have, good for you. But for others, this will be a year of fulfillment. So listen up. If you haven't already done this, write down those thoughts that you have, those ideas and goals that you want to have, and the ones that you want to accomplish. Why? Because this will be a way to bring those plans to completion. You know, we had a word given to us several years ago by our friend Shelley, and this really rocks. And I pray that this will help you in your vision. This is from Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 and 3, and I, I wrote this down from the New Living Translation. Then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablet so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. This vision is for a future time. It describes the end, and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently for it, for it will surely take place, and it will not be delayed. Did you hear that? Wait for it, and if it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place, because it will not be delayed. You know, it seems like every year someone comes up with something new, something exciting and different to make our lives, you know, easier, more manageable, you know, like the toaster oven or the microwave. Yet they all seem to distract us from what is really important. You see, the Lord provides for everything that we need, not some things, but for everything that we need. And all wisdom and ideas come from him. They don't, go, they don't come from Joe Blow from down the street. They all come from him. So how do we know this? And here's a great answer that's found in Philippians 4.19. I'm reading this from the Amplified Bible. And it reads as such, And my God will liberally supply, fill until full, your every need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Let me read that back to you one more time. And my God will liberally supply to fill until full your every need according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but that's pretty cool. Now, maybe you already know what that calling or that vision is in your life. But maybe, just maybe, you have been distracted by the enemy. Why? Because Satan loves to do that. He just loves to distract people. So today, I want to encourage you. I encourage you to reach out and ask the Lord to give you that vision. And I want you to realize that our earthly plans are limited, but God's plans aren't. You know, and I just love God's promise. This is from Proverbs 16, verse 9, and I'm going to read this from the New International Version. It says, In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Let me read that again. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. So today, I want you to ask him to give you strength and courage to stay the course. This is from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 and 17 from the NIV. 
It reads, therefore we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and, and monetary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Maybe you did not think that the vision was for you or you have just simply been so busy that you placed that vision or calling on your life to the back burner. You know, and that what we usually say, I got that on the back burner. So when life gets difficult, I am reminded of the old Galaxy Quest movie and a line that always gives me hope. When they asked Captain Taggart, what are you going to do? He said, never give up, never surrender. Now, some of you might ask, well, how do I do that? Again, remember this. It is time to armor up, and this is from Ephesians 6, 10, and 11. And it reads like this in the NIV. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on that full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Isn't that something? So I want you to remember that time is precious and the time is now. So get up, stir the pot, and begin to revitalize your calling and let the Lord fulfill the promise that he has for your future. Remember, this is a year of completion and it's a year of fulfillment. And remember, be strong and be hazak. So next, I want to share with you something very special. Now, for those of you who don't know me, it's not unusual for me to be awakened at the midnight watch. That's usually at 12.01 a.m. in the morning. So there I was this past week praying, and I looked at the clock. It read 1.49 a.m. Well, actually, that was the time on my computer that read 1.49 a.m., so... Uh, it must be true. <laughs> anyway, I walked outside and I just sat on the steps of the porch. And listening to the stillness of the early morning out here at our home, and while I was just sitting there, these words came to my mind. Press on. Well, what exactly does that mean to press on? Well, when I got back inside, I looked it up in the Webster's Dictionary, and it defines press on as follows. It means to move by applying pressure, to carry on or advance. It also means to start or to continue doing something in a determined way. So basically what it means is you are always moving forward. You're not sitting still. You're always moving forward. Now, that word press in the Hebrew language is the word radaf, and it means to follow after, it means to pursue, it means to run after, and it means to aim eagerly to secure. Now, I did some digging. I found this really great Bible verse for this exact word. I found this little gem in Hosea 6.3, and I read this from the, I'm going to read it from the New American Standard Bible. It reads, so let us know and let us press on to know the Lord. His going forth is as certain as the dawn, and he will come to us like the rain, like the spring rain watering the earth. Now, isn't that neat? And 
it is important that we learn as much as we can about words and their meanings. Why is it really important for us to press on? Well, you know, we all have goals that we've set for ourselves and interest in life. Okay, you might ask, well, like what? Well, for starters, this can be your family or possibly your business. Maybe it's your hobbies or your avocation or your personal goals just for yourself. So then why is it important to set the goals? Well, to help us, to help us stay focused. Ah, to stay focused, you say? Well, then why is that that you ask? Well, you have to be able to stay focused and stay on task. As my friend Andy used to say, and if you don't, you will get sidetracked. And what happens then if we don't do this and we get sidetracked? Well, in time, we will stay distracted, and then we'll be detracted from our goals and our vision. And then guess what? Well, we will then get tired, and then this can lead to us being burned out and then exhausted during these times. So now here's something else about being pressed on. Now, press on in the Greek is the word deioko, and it means to make, to run, or flee, to put to flight, to drive away. It also means to run swiftly in order to catch a person or a thing or to run after. Okay, okay, so you might be thinking right about now, do you have an example of this? Well, sure I do. It's like a person who runs in a race swiftly to reach the goal. And it also means to pursue and to seek after eagerly and earnestly, doing all that you can to win the prize. Now, you know, some people might ask, well, I just want to know more about this. And, oh, how can I press on? Well, here's what I can share with you and with them. You see, the Apostle Paul gave us a great insight on how to press on. Let's read this together from Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14 from the NIV. I'm going to repeat this again. Maybe you get a chance to look it up or get it up on your, your telephone or your iPhone. Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. Not that I have already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. You see, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do know, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward toward in Christ Jesus. All right, well, listeners, we all want to make the best of what we can do and to be successful. And, of course, we strive to be, ah, the very best that we can be. You see, we are all in a race, a race against time, a race for the goals that we set for us, for our family, or for the ones that our employers that's for us. And this is very true for almost all of us. So we run towards the mark, just like in a race, and that mark is the goal that we aim for. Why? 
because there is a prize waiting for us at the end of the goal. Now, you might be asking yourself, so what in the world does this have to do with races? Well, like most races, we must pursue daily to win the prize, just like a sprinter with aggressive energy. And yes, this is something that happened during the Old Testament times. In fact, in Old Testament times, especially in Rome and Greece, they held races where men ran just like the Olympics to win a prize. And that prize was usually a crown of garland or a wreath made out of gold. Wow, think about this. In time, these crowns were pretty cool, but they can also fade and they can also rust. And here's a really great Bible verse to remember from 1 Corinthians 9.24 from the Amplified. It says, Do you not know that in a race that all the runners run their very best to win, but only one receives the prize? Run your race in such a way that you may seize the prize and make it yours. You see, God has given each of us a higher calling. He wants us to be great in all of our efforts and to be honorable in all that we do and pursue. And we should be running eagerly for his glory to win the prize. Now listen to this because it's very important. We are to run for him. Not for me, not for you, but we're to run for him. And here's something to remember. When we are running, we can become tired. We can become depressed, fatigued. We can, have, we can be in a lot of pain, and we can just flat out be worn out. And it is, it is at these times that we are tempted to just give up, give in, and just quit. As my friend Bill Adams in North Carolina once wrote, he said, pain is temporary, but quitting is forever. And I love the quote from the movie Galaxy Quest, again, where Tim Allen plays the lead part of Jason Nesmith's Peter Quincy Taggart, the commander. I shared this earlier, and he said, but when times got tough up on the starship, he would just say, never give up, never surrender. Isn't that a great line? Never give up, never surrender. So, listeners, wherever you are in your plans and whatever you're doing, keep your eye on the prize and press on. And I want you to remember to stay strong and to be a Zoc. Well, you know, in talking about a year of completion, I wanted to share about another great word, and that word is fragile. All right, now, for some of you, you probably think, fragile, this really sounds really almost out of place. But actually, the word has a lot to do with the year of completion. If you haven't already done so already, I want you to grab your pen or a pencil and paper and get ready to learn some really great tips for your walk in life. And if not, go get to your computer or to your iPad or your iPhone And I want you to be prepared for some really great ideas to help you and your future. So what about fragile? What has that got to do with it? Well, a number of years ago when Lee and I were working on our second book, 
We had traveled to the town of New Braunfels to stay with our friend, Carrie and Suzanne, to finish up writing the chapters and putting them in order for our book, Steps of Faith. And I was stirred in my sleep. Something about A to B and C and A and B and C's in life. And this is just really strange because everything was fresh in my mind just 10 minutes ago, and now I'm just drawing a blank. And suddenly this word popped into my head, and that word was fragile. Why in the world would I be thinking about fragile? Now, I know some of you are probably shaking your head, but Brian, that doesn't sound very encouraging. Well, it's really not an encouraging word, but then again, it can be. So, stay with me for the rest of the story. While we were there, I was thinking back to just yesterday morning while I was sleeping. My wife Leah and I had just driven from New Ulm, had just driven from uh, New Ulm, Texas, to New Braunfels. And we had planned to arrive at our friend Terry and Suzanne's home by two, but, well, we managed to get there a little early and they, by about 45 minutes. And they weren't home yet, so we just decided to go. Out for a drive out in the country is what we normally did. Now, our drive took us through a beautiful little town called Wimberley, Texas. Apparently, they had had some really heavy rain the week before, and the signs of the flooding from the river were still visible. The river was quite high, and it was moving quickly down the river. And as we drove through the outskirts of the town, we crossed the Guadalupe River. And I saw something by the river, and I decided to turn around and go back to confirm what I thought I just saw. As we crossed the bridge and the river, we saw this big RV kind of laying on its side, pushed up tightly against the bridge, and it was nestled between some trees. I remember thinking that the river appeared to be at least three to five feet above normal. We parked our SUV and we walked back towards the bridge and the river to take a closer look. The river was moving rapidly and you could see white caps in different places in the water. And there was a fence that was strung across the sides of the bridge with a sign that said, No jumping from the bridge! The bridge! Well, duh! And that fence was now laying flat with debris and branches hanging from its base. Why anybody would jump from the bridge, I don't know. So as we got closer to the RV, it looked like it had been parked by the valet of nature. It was just lying there on its side, and thrown next to the trees and under the RV were these very large pallets of wood. Yeah, pallets like what you see something at the grocery store that uh, grocery stuff would come in. And the wood looked like it had been the topic of, like the tops of piers or decks from people's homes along the river. And there must have been probably 10 or 15 or more of these large sections of wooden pallets just nestled up underneath the RV and lying next to the trees along the river. And I thought about the owners of the RV. Are they okay? Did, did they get out in time? And what else did they lose? And what, what about the rest of the people who lived down along the river? And again, that word came back into my mind, fragile. 
hmm, so what, what does this word fragile really mean? And why is it important? Well, Webster defines this word as something easily broken, damaged or destroyed, lacking physical or emotional strength, and delicate. Now, that word in Hebrew is the word tavar, and it means broken in pieces. Wow. And there was a great scripture passage that sums up this thought, and this is from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 in the New Living Translation. It says, We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. You know, we go through life taking things for granted sometimes, but never realizing just how fragile that life can be. And like the raging river from the storm, we can lose our possessions and everything that we own just that quick. And suddenly these things can be ripped from our hands and be taken away. And you know, some things can be replaced while others, sadly, just cannot. That's my wonderful cat, Grace, trying to let me know I need to get off the phone. (laughs) But we do not want to bring sadness or fear into your life because there is a message of hope here. You see, our God is not a God of fear, but he's one of hope and salvation. And God will give you the strength through the storms of life, and he will always, always, always be at your side. You know, your life and your plans are all in his hands, for he holds the future. That's right. Your life and your plans are all in his hands, for he holds the future. And yeah, and that word fragile... Well, here's what I think it means. The word F means find time to spend with the Lord and your family. The letter R means to repent of any sins in your life. And the letter A means to ask for forgiveness. And the letter G means to give, and it shall be given unto you. And that letter I means to invite someone to your church. Invite them to your home or your Bible study. And that letter L means to love your neighbor as yourself. And the letter E, well, encourage others daily. Give them a word of hope and love. So that, listeners, is just what that word fragile means. Now, our lives are like fine, expensive china and glass, made to perfection in the fire from the master's hand. And we were made in his image, and we were beautiful. And the Lord wants us on display, but he also wants us to be used by him for his purpose and to serve others. Now, there's going to be some times when we will be dropped, abused, chipped, and even broken. But guess what? We can be washed clean through the blood of the Lamb, and we can be put back together again, and we can be restored to serve again. So, folks, life is fragile. We can be here today, and we can be gone tomorrow. 
But what you do with each day will leave a lasting impact on the lives around you and the legacy of who you were. Yes, life is fragile. So learn to stay the course. And remember, be strong and be Hazak. So today, I wanted to share with you, with our listeners, this. If you are feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling lost, hurting, and fragile, I want you to know that we serve a loving and a caring God who loves his children and who wants the best for him. And here is something neat. He can wipe away all of your tears, and he can renew your heart and your soul. And yes, he does. And he reminds us of his love and his power. In Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, it says, So trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding, and in all of your ways submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. And here's a great Topic from Revelation 21.4. It says, God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be anguish, sorrow, and mourning, nor grief, nor pain anymore. For the old conditions and the former order of things have passed away. Isn't that just awesome? Well, I'd like to share this really great encouraging word with you. Never give up, never surrender. I talked about this earlier, but I want to share this last part with you to never give up and to never surrender. You see, recently I'd gone for one of my drives and was sitting in the park. This has kind of become my prayer room out here in a park with a pond near Columbus. It's where Leah wanted her ashes scattered. And it was a beautiful place to come and sit. And as I sat, I was thinking of all that is going on in the world today. You know, there just seems to be so much going on in the world. And, you know, it would really make your head spin. You're almost afraid to turn on the TV or to go to YouTube or even turn on the computer. And, you know, life is moving really quickly that it seems like we're living in the movies, the Fast and the Furious, or Speed, or, or some other movie like that. And, you know, come to think of it, it really does seem like the movies out here. <laughs> so, listeners, you know what I mean. It feels like you're rushing here and there and trying to stay up with the latest technology and the apps. And, oh, my God, it seems like every day there's a new app for something coming out every day. And if you want this, just download our app. My God, if you do that, the next thing you know, you're going to have 500 apps on your phone. And, you know, it's like singing the old McDonald's had a farm with an app here and an app app there, here an app there, an app everywhere, an app app, E-I-E-I-O. Ouch, it just makes me dizzy just thinking about all of this. And, you know, there are new fads and gadgets everywhere. Oh, and they're all supposed to make our life easier. And, you know, we're trying to cope with all of the stress and the pressures in life. And guess what? And with all of these new features and items, they come actually come with a DOD. Yes, a DOD. What is that you say, a DOD? Yes, it means distraction, oppression, and depression. <laughs> 
oh my, what is a person to do? So while I was thinking, suddenly this phrase comes to my mind. Never give up. Never surrender. Now how cool is that, listeners? And I suddenly felt a rush of enthusiasm and power. Never give up. Never surrender. Yeah, I know. I borrowed the line from the old movie with Tim Allen as Commander Taggart in Galaxy Quest. But some people out there just might say, but Brian, you don't know what it's like out here. Well, what do you mean? Well, my job is different than others, and my marriage and relationship is more complex, and my my health problems are different, my finances are different. You just don't know what I'm going through. 